0: Amen. Thank you, Brother Brother Rugg. If you have your Bible, open with me to the book of Psalms, Psalm 23. I really appreciate the song. And um, I just appreciate the leading of the Lord. Um, This morning, um, as I was coming to church, I had had two messages, and I, I knew from the Lord I would preach both of them today. And I was just praying, Lord, which one's for the morning and which one's for the evening? And, um, and, and then as the Lord directed me to preach the one that I did this morning, I walked in and, and the songs, they started talking about the things that God had directed me to preach today. And then tonight, Brother Rugg, he sang this song and, and he talks in there about anxiety and care. And a long while ago, when I first become the pastor here, a, a lady asked me if I would, if I would preach about, about depression and about anxiety. And she struggled with, she struggles with it. And, um, and so I've been praying about that and seeking the Lord for, for the proper time. And, and this week, as I was, as I was praying about the messages for, for today, um, this verse came to my mind. And I'd like to read with you tonight uh, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies, thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And and as I prayed this week, the Lord, he showed me four things, and there's many things in Psalm 23, but he showed me four very um, important areas of this Psalm that he wanted me to bring out in these two messages. And the first three I brought out this morning, the shepherd, the sheep, and the wolf. And, and for us to understand that, that complete picture, we, we can't leave any one of those out. Amen? And, 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 but, but tonight, I, I would like to deal with the valley. And found in verse number four, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now I, I do not only want to deal with uh, depression or anxiety tonight, but I think it'll be a part of what I will deal with. And and, the, and may I just say this, um, just leading into the message, there's a lot of various reason, There's various reasons why people struggle with uh, depression and anxiety. And some of it is because they live a wicked lifestyle, and it's a result of that wicked lifestyle or a lifestyle against God. Some of it is be not necessarily that they're doing something wicked, but that they have a godless life, yes. and they just choose to live without God. Yes. And some of it is physiological, which means it's something that they cannot control. It is inside of their body. It is inside of the chemicals in their body and in their brain. And then some of it is a demonic attack. And I, I know a lot of believers that have struggled with such things. And that's not only the reasons, but that is some of the reasons. And, and I recall a Bible verse, and, and, and um, it, it came to my mind literally as Brother Rugg was singing. Men's hearts failing them yep. for fear of the things that will come upon the earth. And, and that, again, that's not the only reason that these things happen to people. And, and, and that is um, just a statement I'll say at the beginning of my message, and then hopefully in the message, I will get more into that. But I'm thinking tonight about the valley. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And specifically tonight, I want to preach about the valley and the life of a believer in the life of a Christian. You see, this verse you have here, this sheep is walking through the valley with the shepherd. And so this mentality that, oh, if I'm a Christian, if I'm a believer, if I know God, that everything is gonna go good or that everything is gonna go right or that everything is gonna go easy, that is a lie. If, if we will just read the Bible, we will see that Christians were hated. The apostles were hated. People wanted to cut their heads off. They wanted to crucify them. They wanted to kill them. Christians were never received by the world. They were never popular. They were never liked. They were always criticized. They were always hated. They were always rejected. As we study Baptist history... And we, we we read about these these Baptists from, from from centuries before us. They they literally lived out in the wilderness among themselves because society had rejected them as believers and practicers of the word of God. Yeah. But modern day society and the world coming into the church has tried to develop a mentality. Of, of everything being, for lack of a better phrase, hunky-dory or beautiful or pretty. There is no such picture painted in the word of God. Yep. And so we find here this sheep. And, and he's walking through the valley of the shadow of death with the shepherd. And we find a couple things here. First of all, yea, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. This this sheep was not in denial. This sheep was very well aware that this has happened, this will happen again. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You know, I I like that word shadow. Do you know what you have to have to have a shadow? You have to have a light. Hey, who's the light, my friend? The Lord Jesus Christ. I'm glad he walks with us, amen. 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 And so, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But notice what the sheep said. I will fear no evil. Yes. In the valley there, for the believer, for the born-again child of God, it might be scary. But there is no need to be scared. Well, notice what he said. I will fear no evil. But, but notice why. For. That word for This specific usage of the word for means because. For thou art with me. Who is this thou? This is the shepherd. This is the king of heaven. This is the Lord. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me talked about that rod in the life of that sheep this morning and that staff, Brother Ben Sosby was talking to me after service and he talked about, about that rod and, and about that staff and how at the top that staff it was curved so that shepherd he could just reach over and grab that sheep around the neck and pull him back into line. And, and but that rod, it also exercises correction. And we talked about how, how that shepherd, if that sheep was a rebellious sheep, and it would continually rebel against the shepherd, that shepherd would use that rod and break that sheep's leg. Yep. Yeah, but then mend the leg, and the sheep knew. The sheep was exercised by that rod and that staff. And, and the sheep knew as it walked through this valley with this shepherd, there's the rod, there's the staff, I'm safe. Think about that. And so I'm thinking tonight about the valley. And and I I prayed very much this week. And and the first thing I think about the valley is, is the description of the valley. If we go read about King David in the valley of Elah where he fought Goliath, the Bible paints a picture very clear to us that there were two mountains there. And in the middle is that valley. And so this valley, first of all, i say, it represents a low place. It represents a low place. And in this valley, you can find many times in the Bible where war took place in the valley. David conquered and fought Goliath in the valley. You, You read about the valley of Jehoshaphat, the valley of Megiddo. This is where Armageddon will be fought. There will be a war there. The Lord will win. Amen. Yep. Amen. And so in the valley, it's a, the description, it's, it's a low place between two mountains. Everything about the valley is, is difficult. Getting out of it, you have to climb the mountain. In the valley, there's always descriptions of war or descriptions of difficulty. So I think about the description of the valley. Now, I don't know what valley you're in tonight. But I wrote here in my Bible, your valley, it may be physical. You may be going through some sickness or some problem, and it may be something physical, but although it's physical, it can affect you spiritually. Yes, sir. Your valley, it might not be, it might, it might not be physical, it might be financial. You may be struggling tonight financially, and you don't have enough to to to, to make ends meet, but it can affect you spiritually. Your your valley, it may be something to do with with your family. Perhaps someone's away from God or some tragedy has struck and it affects you spiritually. Your valley may be something tonight that I would never think to name. Maybe you have a valley that even your husband or your wife don't know about. I would encourage you not to keep it from them. Mary's my best friend. I'd take advantage of the best friend God gave you, my friend, to be there for you, to help you.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. I think about the description of that valley. As Mary and I, we were in Israel in May, and, 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 and we were right there by the Dead Sea. And, and you know the Dead Sea, it's in a valley, the lowest place on earth. Yep. Yep. And as you look out the bus window this way or that way, you see mountains on both sides. And the only way out of the valley is to go up the mountain.
1: Yes.
0: So I think of the description of the valley. But then not only do I think about that, but but I think about the difficulty. I mean, when I when I lived in Asia, yeah, I'm not talking about Asians that were born and raised in America. I'm talking about Asians from Asia. They love to walk up a mountain. Not me. Amen? All the time. They'd be like, hey, you want to go walk up the mountain? And I would say, no. I don't want to walk up the mountain. they said, but it's good for you. It doesn't make me feel like it is. Amen? But I think about the difficulty. Have you ever heard of somebody in a valley where it wasn't difficult? The valley is difficult. And the valleys in our life are designed by God to be difficult. Yes. You see... God will put you in a place and be in a place that no matter who I call, no matter who I talk to, no matter what friend I find, no matter who I try to lean on, they will be of no help. And it will force me to go through this difficulty just like this sheep. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art. With me. God doesn't want you to look at your best friend in the valley. God doesn't want you to look to me in the valley. God wants us to look to Him in the valley. Trying not to get ahead of myself, but I think about the description. I think about the difficulty. Some parts of the valley, oh, they're very dry. Some of the valleys in Israel, they're nothing but desert. And I think, as you, as, in those valleys, how dark it is at night. And in our life, a valley often represents the night. But then, in those same valleys, as dark as they were at night, in the daytime, how hot that it was. So I think of this description of the valley. I think of the darkness, the difficulty, the dryness of the valley. And I think about how, how dreary the valley can be. Have you ever been in a fight with the devil to where it's, it's a blessed thing to go to sleep at night and rest in the Lord, and in the morning when you wake up, you know Satan is staring you down ready to continue the fight and you don't want to get up and deal with it. The valley it could be a dreary place. I think of King David as we read through the book of 1 Samuel. King David was ordained by the prophet Samuel. The oil was poured on his head at the commandment of God and King David was told he would be the king of Israel. According to the books of the law a prophet If he spoke one thing that didn't come to pass, he was not genuinely of God.
1: Yep, yep.
0: And so this was going to come to pass. Yes. But yet God, having ordained this young man as the king of a nation. Yes. God said, we could march him straight into Jerusalem and put him on the throne, but that was not God's plan. Amen. Amen. But God developed a process that although he was ordained, although he was anointed, although it was pronounced by the prophet, David would be sifted in the darkest valley of his life to a place where everyone rejected him. Everyone hated him. The king whom God had rejected wanted to kill him. David came to a place in that dark valley where he said, I am but a step from death. David was led to a city called Ziph. You've heard me mention it before, but that word Ziph, it means means to liquefy. And in this difficult, dark, dry place of dreariness, God was sifting David. And that's exactly what God wants to do with you and with me. The Bible said the word of the Lord is tried. God's word is perfect. But do you notice how it's always attacked? Do you know why God welcomes that? Because it's going to prove that it's true. You and I are going to be tried also. And God is going to let you go through the valley." And God is going to let me go through the valley. And we are going to make decisions. And the decisions that we're going to make, are are we going God's way? Or are we going to do things our own way? So I think of the description of the valley, the darkness of the valley, the difficulty, the dryness, the dreariness. But then, as I mentioned, the decisions of the valley. When you're in the valley and you have all these difficulties... And it's a very unpleasant place to be. I mean, raise your hand if you enjoy being in the valley. I didn't think so. But I think of the decisions. In the book of Joel, chapter 3, verse number 14, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near, in the valley of decision. My friend, when you and I go through valleys, we're going to have to make a decision. Yes. And God is sifting us. Our heart, our mind, our intentions. He's sifting us. And he's testing us. Are we going to go with him? Are we going to go for his, with, with his word? Or are we going to go another way? sadly, may I say this, sometimes there's death in the valley. And there's those that God is trying them. And there they are in the valley, but they didn't go with God. They went their own way. And they thought, well, it'll be more pleasant. It'll be more easy. But ultimately, they make shipwreck. God forbid that that be so in our life. In the valley, my friend, the valley is a place of a decision. You and I will make a decision. You might not tell me your decision. I might not tell you my decision, but we will tell God our decision. May I say that the valley can be a place of, of despair. I can remember times in China, when I would walk outside in the evening to pray and I would look at the moon going through a valley thinking, God, this is never going to stop. This is never going to end. You ever been there, my friend? You ever been there? The pain is never gonna stop. The problem is never gonna stop. The hurt is never gonna stop. Victory is never going to come. My friend, that's the devil. But the valley is a place of despair. But you see, my friend, God's ways are not our ways. And God's thoughts are not our thoughts. You can find that written in Isaiah chapter 55. God does not think like you and me. And God does not do things like you and me. So for us to sit around and say, well, why would God do that? Who hath known the mind of the Lord? You cannot explain God. And I cannot explain God unless he gave us the answers here. But as you go through these valleys, oh, it'll be dreary. We'll have to make decisions and there'll be despair. But in this great difficulty, sometimes this is when the depression starts. And this is when the anxiety starts. And this is when people start to have doubts. And, and, and then you have, you know what else is in the devil or in the valley? The devil. And he'll be right there to try to use those doubts. To try to use those depressions to try to use those anxieties, to try to use those difficulties and he'll start whispering in your ear, now if God loved you, why would he do this to you? You know what I'm talking about tonight? But may I say this? The devil's there and there's dangers in the valley. I recall the song of Lester Roloff. It's a battlefield brother, not a recreation room. It's a fight and not a game. You can run if you want to and run if you will, but I came here to stay. Amen. I know that a lot of the things I preach aren't popular, but they're written right here in the Bible. Right. Yep. Amen. Satan wants to destroy every one of you.
1: Yes. That's right. That's right.
0: He wants to destroy me. He wants to destroy my precious wife. He wants to deceive you. Oh, and in that dark valley, in that difficulty, and in that despair, the devil will start to work. And that's why I'm here tonight to remind you, and I'm trying not to get ahead of myself, but let me just insert something right here. Don't give up yet. God has a reason. But then there's dangers in the valley. There's the danger that you can hurt yourself. There's the danger that you can hurt yourself by not doing what God wants. But you know what else that danger is? As that sheep is walking with the shepherd, oh, how it's important for that sheep to follow that staff and that rod. Because if not, if that sheep starts to go off his own way, you know what else is in that valley? What I preached about this morning, that wolf. Yep. And that, that wolf, they, those wolves, they travel in packs. You may see one wolf, oh, but the others are nearby. And the wolf, I already told you, they come to kill. They come to destroy. They come to destroy. Wolves are flesh-eating animals. Sheep are not. That's a that's a very descriptive brother Ben Sosby told me after church today. He was liking it unto people. He said, if a person's a sheep of the Lord, he said, sheep have all molars, they're not flesh-eating. But he said, Wolves, they're flesh-eating beasts. They come to kill and to destroy. You see, that wolf, he's there. He's watching. Oh! That sheep's walking through that valley with the shepherd. Hey, but if he's with the shepherd, he's safe. You see, them sheep dogs go to howling. That shepherd, oh, he's highly trained with that rod and that staff. Those wolves are going to have a bad day. But but if that wolf makes the wrong decision, or that sheep makes the wrong decision, and he says, you know, I'm tired of walking through the difficulty. I'm tired of walking through this. I'm going to go do my own thing. There's danger there. You see, that's the same thing that happened to the children of Israel. When When Moses was told by God, lead my people this way, you know what they started to do? They started to fight and rebel and buck against everything God told Moses to do. And Moses had a headache for 40 years. And then Moses died and God commissioned Joshua. And Joshua led them across Jordan. And as long as they obeyed what God told them to do, oh, victory was there. But when they they got in despair, when they got tired of the darkness, and they wanted to move another direction, bad things happened. My friend, may I warn everybody here. Be very careful about making decisions in the valley. Be very careful about making decisions in the valley that can destroy you and that can hurt you. May I say this? There's defeat in the valley. Some people, they get so tired of, they just, they just quit. Well, God, God doesn't want you to quit. But some people, they can't function without another. My friend, God wants us to rely on him. God does not want you to rely on me. He does not want me to rely on you. He does not want us to rely on somebody else. Yes, people help us. There's a lot of people here that help me. But God does not want me to rely on them. He wants me to rely on him alone. The same for you. Defeat comes when we rely anywhere else. May I say this? There's deprivation in the valley. There's deprivation, not enough food, not enough water. Why is all of this happening? Why does God let this happen? Let me just insert right here to show us how much we desperately need him. How much we desperately, desperately need him. You see, when God pulls our friends away, when God pulls all my crutches away, I remember when I come to Bible college here, I don't remember if I ever told Preacher Aiken this or not. But when I come to Bible college here, I'd been saved three years. And for all of those three years, I just leaned on my pastor. Whatever he said to do, that's what I did. I I didn't know how to pray and to ask God what he wanted. And I come to Bible college here and preacher, Aiken would get up on Sunday mornings and he'd preach. And his attitude was, this is what God told me to tell you. If you want to follow God, you'll listen to it. And if not, I'm going to the house to eat lunch. And he helped me so much because it put me in a place where I couldn't lean on a man. I had to learn how to lean on God. Yes. I had to learn how to ask God what he wanted in my life, what he wanted me to do. It got me to a place where I wasn't coming to church to lean on y'all, to lift me up for the next week. My friends, I had been with Jesus that morning before I walked in the church. And that's what God wants to teach me. That's what God wants to teach you. He will let us go through these darknesses, these difficulties, these despairs, and even a place of depression or even a place of despondency until we look unto him. And when we do that, it'll drive us to prayer. It will drive us. When we see, when we're facing deprivation, we're facing death, we're facing defeat, we're facing destruction. You know know where Jesus was when the devil came to him? He was in the wilderness. He was in the wilderness. You know, as as an American English speaker, when I would read that, I would think he was out in the woods or the forest. Then I went to Israel. No, he was out in the wilderness of the desert. It was hot. It was dry. There wasn't much water. It was a dangerous place, a deprived place. And when we are there, it'll drive us to prayer. It'll drive us to, I need God. Yes. Not only that, but in that place, it will purge all of our dross. It'll purge us. All those things that we squabble over and fight over and, and, and have issues over, you know what happened? They all of a sudden have no importance anymore because all that matters is Jesus. And it purges, it purges our dross. And in that place, as hard as it was, God is able to do a deep, deep work in our heart. And we become fully dependent upon God. Not on my mom, not on my dad, but on God. You see, my friend, it's something when you could say, well, God did this for Dr. Seiler, or God did this for Dr. Aiken or God did this for Dr. Logan or God did this for Brother Rose or for Paul or for Ezekiel or Daniel. But when you could say God did it for you, yep. it's another story. Now you... Or I have our own testimony with God. Yes. We, come to become, we become dependent on him. But then you know what it causes us to? It causes us to dig, to dig into our Bible. Oh, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm just not going to change. I'm very bothered by seeing people say they love Jesus and everything in their life is in opposition to the Bible. I don't agree with that. Amen. They come to church and they give money and say they love Jesus, but on Facebook they're, they're cursing and, 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 and they're hanging out with people who do evil things. There's just, there's just things wrong with that. Yeah. Right. All right? Amen. Amen. In this dark place, God will cause us to dig into the Bible. And when we are there, and we're hurting and we're alone and we need help and we need answers and we're looking at what God said, we're finally at a place where we're willing to look into the mirror of God's word and do something about it. May I say this? As spoiled Americans who have everything we want, I will never forget, just weeks ago, Samuel Garrett told me, his daddy said, And for those who didn't know his daddy, his daddy was a man of God. And his daddy said the problem with the Americans is they want the American dream, the world, and the flesh, and all the ways they can have, and they want Jesus too. You can't have it, my friend. It's either Jesus or the world. You can't have both. And if you believe you can, you're deceived and you're lying to yourself. But it'll drive us to prayer. It'll purge our dross. God can do a deep work in our heart. It'll bring us to a place to be dependent upon God. It'll cause us to dig into the word and it'll develop our spirituality. It'll develop us. Being put into a difficult situation is highly unpleasant, but it causes us to have to grow up. It causes us to have to become honest with ourselves causes us to have to look for what's wrong to correct it. It'll develop us. And then may I say this, this is where discernment is sharpened. Where we come to really know God, really know what he wants, to really know his leading. Have you ever come through a valley and you look back and you can see the whole hand of God leading you exactly to where you were? when you came through victoriously. That's God's intention for the valley. Maybe there's some here tonight that you've gone through the valley and you made the wrong decision. You didn't handle it right. Well, may I say this? There's mercy with the Lord. Amen. May I say Jesus knows. He knows your trouble. He knows the torment of your heart and mind. He knows the testing you're going through. He knows your temptations. He knows your failures. He knows your sins. May I I say, He knows that the tempter is after you. He knows the trials that you face, the tribulation you bear. He knows the truth. You can lie to me, but you can't lie to Jesus. He knows the truth. He knows the trauma you've suffered. He knows the tears that you've cried. He knows the toil. The toil. But may I say, He knows how to help you triumph. He knows how to help. You see, there's a, fr- my friend, there's a purpose for the valley. Everything God does has a purpose. And his purpose is he wants to change us and make us more like him to bring glory to himself. And as we go through that valley and gain the victory, we'll meet others who are going through similar valleys and we'll be able to help them. Not that they lean on us, but we can be a comfort. We can be a guide. Yeah, keep going that way. Don't go that way. Go this way. May I say this, not only is there a purpose for the valley, but there's potential in the valley. There's the potential of growth. There's the potential of being able to glorify God. There's the potential of him being able to do something in your life that can touch untold people. But there's the purging in the valley. Once again, I reiterate what the Bible says. God Jesus Christ never saved someone and left them in their sins. You know that demon-possessed man that was wild and cutting himself and untamable? When Jesus cast the devils out of him, do you know how he was found? Clothed, sitting down at the feet of Jesus in his right mind. My friend, God wants to purge me. And he wants to purge you. If you're where you were when you got saved, something's wrong. Yes. He wants you to grow. He wants you to glorify him. May I say this? There's a perfecting, a perfecting in the valley. First Thessalonians 3:10 talks about that which is lacking concerning our faith, being perfected. God knows where you lack he wants to perfect it. He wants to make your weakness strong. And see, God's not worried about how long it takes. You say, well, Brother Josh, it's, yeah, I I don't even, like Job, I don't feel him, I don't hear him, I don't see him. I heard a long time ago, a teacher is always silent during the test. Think about that. The teacher's always silent during the test. The teacher's not talking and instructing you during the test. The instruction's been given, and it's written right here. God wants to perfect. He wants to work in our lives. May I say this? Just a reminder. There's still protection in the valley. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And there will be a performance of the Lord in the valley, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You remember what Mary said, or, or, or what Elizabeth said to Mary? There shall be a performance of those things which were told thee of the Lord. God always keeps his word. His word will always come to pass. In closing, I'd like to bring to your memory for encouragement that God intends for there to be growth in the valley. He wants us to glorify him in the valley and glorify him after we've come through the valley. You see, David went into the valley and he went in voluntarily. He heard that, that giant cursing God and he said, who is this? Somebody needs to go cut his head off. I like that, amen. It's like Abishai. Somebody was cursing David and Abishai said, Lord, you want me to go take his head off? I like it, amen. Amen. But David went down there into the valley and he came out victorious. He glorified God in the valley. And afterwards, I'm going to come back to these points, but I I want to, you do remember, you do remember when, when, before the children of Israel went into the promised land, Moses sent spies over there to bring back a report. Well, look with me in the book of Numbers chapter 13, Numbers chapter 13, verse number 26 And we'll read through verse number 33. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel under the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told them and said, we came unto the land whither thou sinnest us and surely it floweth with milk and honey and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, The people be strong that dwell in that land, in the land. And the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land to the south. And the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses. Notice what Caleb said. And said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. You know what Caleb did? He believed God. Yep. Amen. But notice where the problem was. But the men that went with him said, we be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel saying, the land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature And there we saw, notice this, and there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which come to the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so were we in their sight. Now notice with me Joshua chapter 15. Joshua chapter 15 takes place at least 40 years later. And and, and in the book of Numbers, you know what those men were saying? They were saying, we can't conquer the giant. We should not go. They were saying, we should not follow God because we cannot conquer the giant. That's what they said. And so, because of unbelief, they didn't go in. But when they died off, and then Moses died, and Joshua was told by God, cross this Jordan, cross this Jordan and go. And they sailed to go. And in chapter 15, you find that the children of Israel went in and they, and they fought and they fought and they fought and they fought. And yes, they did make mistakes. But they fought and they fought and they fought. And my friend, if, you're gonna wa- if you want to get the real victory, you're going to have to fight some battles.
1: Yes, it. And-
0: But if you'll read with me Joshua chapter 15 verse 8 I want to show you some. This is the inheritance of Judah being given by God. And the border went up by the valley of the son of Hinnom unto the south side of the Jebusite the same as Jerusalem. And the border went up to the top of the mountain that lies before the valley of Hinnom westward. Notice this. Which is at the end of the valley, of the giants northward. God gave them the victory. God gave them the giants. What giants in your life are stopping you from having victory? What giants in your life are causing you defeat in the valley? My friend, that is not the will of God for you to be defeated in the valley. May I say in closing, in the valley is where you're going to gain wisdom. You're going to gain understanding. You see, it's by experience that this wisdom will come. May I say this, in the valley as we follow God, this is where grace is going to be experienced, where we're going to see God do the miraculous, exceeding abundantly above all that we're able to ask or think. And then in closing, may I say this, God, in the valley, God becomes both your teacher and your best friend your teacher, and your best friend. And in the valley, you'll be groomed by God. And when you come out of the valley, this will be the words, Psalm 18, 1 through 3, David told us about a valley he was in. The psalm was written after that valley. The valley started in verse 4. But verse 1 through 3 is David in victory after coming out of the valley. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. Let's stand together. The altar's open if the Lord has spoken to you. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love, mercies, and grace. Love you so much. And thank, I'm so thankful for all you've done. Lord, would you work in every heart and life, help every person. If there's anybody not saved, bring them under conviction and save them tonight. For those in the valley, would you help them? Would you work in lives? In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Sometimes our skies are cloudy and dreary. Sometimes our hearts are burdened with care. We may know, whatever may befall us, Jesus is always there. When in the midst of life with its problems, bit with our toil and burden, consolation Jesus is always there never a burden that he doth not carry never a sorrow that he doth not share whether the days may be sunny or dreary always there When we are walking through the green pastures Or over mountains rugged and bare Precious the thought and the sweet consolation Jesus is all. Not carry never a sorrow that he doth not share with her the days may be sunny or dreary. Jesus is always there. Amen.
0: Um y'all may be seated. We have